You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson, and this is Reister or Wrong. Intersects where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. So, Russell Wilson ended up stealing the thunder from Aaron Rodgers, who wanted all the thunder. He's been <laughs> trolling the media for all since last year. And then here comes Russell Wilson. One up, you homie. One up you. I make one day, one splash, getting traded to the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about that. Calvin Ridley gambled $1,500 and lost $10 million. Whoa, worst odds in gambling history. Uh, Was it right? Was it wrong? All of that. Uh, Russell Westbrook says, actually, literally, put some respect on his name. Quit calling him Westbrook. Quit calling him all those things. Is he being too sensitive? Or is this appropriate for a father, a husband, all of that outside of the basketball player? Black Panther director Ryan Coogler, he got um, detained at a Bank of America in Atlanta. He wrote a note, was like, let me get 12 wow out of my account. And we'll talk about that. And then trying new things, things that white people do <laughs> and that turn out to be hella fun and that's what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to start with Mr. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited is now uh, premium unlet- premium unlimited in Denver. So Russell Wilson got traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos for two first round picks, one in 22, number nine, number 20, uh, and then a 2023 pick. Two second round picks, a fifth round pick, and then they send a fourth round pick back to Seattle. Oh, yeah. Plus, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and somebody else. Bro, so first thing is, that's a lot of stuff, dude. That's a lot of stuff for one player. Like, this felt like an NBA trade where they trade Anthony Davis and they trade like six players in 30 first round picks. Or James Harden, you know, hey, yo, you get all of our first round picks for the next decade or pick swaps. It's just so your initial impression, who won the trade? The Seahawks didn't get nothing back. No, they got something. They, They still don't have a quarterback, but they got something, though. They still don't have a quarterback. And we know that because the Broncos had Drew Locke and didn't feel like they had a quarterback. So it is doubtful that the the Seahawks have what it takes um, moving forward. I wonder if they'll be in the market to draft one uh, now that they've this got year, a though? few extra Or picks. next year? Because That's a great question. Because this That's is a, a full question. teardown. This is a teardown. It's They're, not a full teardown, though, yeah, because if it was a full about? teardown, they'd be making a change at coach the most, like, Easily, well, okay. I the, the least roster I, I feel like head coach is the least disruptive major change because general manager controls the talent on the field, changes the entire direction of what you're doing. The wins above replacement, as far as elite level uh, coaches, 
it's not, I mean, there, there are good coaches available. Let's just say that we've, we've gotten into that specific topic on this show a trillion different times. Pete Carroll is 70. And if you don't like the direction that the franchise is going, giving up on a, on an elite quarterback who probably has five, six elite years left in him makes a lot less sense than, than, I mean, if it was a full teardown, just going back yeah. to that, if it was a full teardown, it would be fully torn down, but Pete Carroll still stands. And will he be able to do anything with, the the talent that they they presently have or are they going to be looking at fourth place in what is the either the toughest division in football or the second toughest when you consider Russell Wilson was just added to the AFC West okay it is a full teardown roster wise they are they're getting rid of their best player in Russell Wilson got rid of him Bobby Wagner who's been an all pro a bunch of times and is still the bet one of the top two linebackers and or three inside linebackers in football. You're releasing him. You're not even trading him. You're releasing him because he refused to uh, to do a contact a contract modification and his cap number is like twenty million dollars. He was like, listen, if Russell go, I'm going, homie. I'm not staying around here. Let me choose my destination so I can go win somewhere because they ain't trying to lose either. They've said Tyler Lockett's available for trade. Only people being able to left stand it is going to be DK Metcalf. He's, he's going to walk in there like Will Smith and Fresh Pants of Bel Air when he came home and all the furniture was gone in the living room. He was like, what the, the hell happened around, around, around this joint, man? I, that's where we're at. There's nothing left. In terms of like real substance, but this is the price you pay when you tear, when you go all in. The Rams are going to have to pay this price in a few years because they haven't drafted in the first round for years. They lost their second and third round pick this year, and those are valuable players that turn out to be starters. You can't keep living on payday loans. Eventually, that big bill comes due, and that and and the Rams are gonna suck for a couple years, and then that's when Sean McVay is gonna when when the bill comes due is when Sean McVay is gonna go to TV. That's when he's gonna go to TV when the bill is due. He's like, listen, listen up, baby. I collect checks. I don't pay bills, baby. Leave that to Stan Kroenke. Leave that to Les Snead. Let them deal with the problem. Once they get a serviceable roster back, I'll come back, baby. Like like magic, bring you a championship. That's what's going to happen. The, the same thing has happened with the Saints who went all in. Restructuring okay. Drew Brees, restructuring everybody else. And now they got to tear the whole thing down. But the Seattle roster is not going to be Jacksonville bad like last year. It's not going to be, um, you know, Jets bad. It's not going to be Houston Texans bad. We're talking like like injured Ravens last year bad, minus Lamar Jackson. So like a five-win team, four, five-win team. Okay. So what what is your question? What is your question? Did Are you saying did this – Did this, are you asking who won the trade? Yeah. Are you asking who won the trade? Yeah. The Denver Broncos a, won the trade because they got a, a right. It's a quarterback league because <laughs> they got they a might dude. have and they might have cleared enough space to possibly bring Von Miller back. Yeah, 
And get and guess what? There will eventually be a tax to pay for this too. Yeah, no, no, the, yeah, exactly, because they're dumping picks. Um, it is interesting that Denver uh, didn't have the ability to develop uh, a, a quarterback, um, so they keep bringing in veterans, and and it 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 hasn't well, worked. They know they, they have drafted to go to poorly. Route. They've drafted poorly on offense. Right. Period. Yeah, you. Your Drew Locke, your Brock Osweiler, they've 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 had some swings and misses. Peyton Paxton Lynch, the quarterback Paxton Lynch, Tim yeah. Tebow. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a while, but bringing in Peyton Manning was obviously, you know, that that helped get them a Super Bowl. I think maybe there's that thought that they can do that again. I think Russell Wilson is a good personality fit for Denver. Um, the interesting thing about Broncos fans is I never thought that they'd turn on John Elway, but they've kind of started to. But Broncos fans don't have the patience for somebody to have an Elway-esque career. They don't have the patience for somebody to come in and lose a few Super Bowls while you try to figure out, you know, what what to do. The most touchdown they would, passes. They would welcome losing Super Bowls at this point. <laughs> they would yeah, welcome but, losing Super Bowls. Especially in that division. But the most touchdown passes that John Elway ever threw in a season is 27. So we're talking about a completely different world of quarterbacking. Yeah. And – they have somebody who has four straight years of a passer rating over a hundred, including two years in the last seven over 110. Like we're, we're talking about like the most elite quarterbacks, the most consistently elite quarterbacks over the last 15 years are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and probably Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's been in that elite category. But the crazy part about this whole thing is Ralph, is that you got, the worst quarterback in the division in the AFC West is now who? Derek Carr. Derek He's Carr. Very good. <laughs> That's the, I, I, I talked about this on my show last last night. That if you look at the AFC East. He's the second best quarterback in the Derek Carr is the second best quarterback in the AFC East behind Josh Allen. In the AFC South. He's the second best quarterback. Maybe even the best quarterback. Granted. You know, Davis Mills and and Trevor Lawrence have potential to rise above that. I'm talking about right now. He is the probably the best quarterback in the in the AFC South, right? Right. And, um in the AFC North, he's the second or third best quarterback, depending on where you put Burrow and Carr, because L- Lamar's probably the best quarterback in that d- division. So so he's probably second in the AFC North. NFC East. Only person better than him in the NFC East is Dak. And some people would argue with you about that. The NFC North, only quarterback better than Derek Carr is um, Aaron Rodgers. AFC South, there's nobody in the AFC South better than, I'm sorry, in the NFC South, better than Derek Carr right now. Well, nobody. And, yeah, right. You're right, because Brady's gone. Yeah, Derek Carr. Derek Carr has four consecutive four thousand yard passing seasons. People don't remember that in 2016 he had seven game winning drives in route to winning 12 games and finishing third in the MVP voting. And this last year he won 10 games, took them to the playoffs, and threw for 4,800 yards. Yeah, he's not chopped liver. Like to me, he is the current standard bearer for if you are better than Derek Carr you are probably a pro bowler elite quarterback. And if you were worse than, if you were worse than Derek Carr, 
then, you know, that is something you need to evaluate. And I put guys that are worse than, and worse is such a subjective term, but I put Kirk Cousins just under Derek Carr. Yep. I put, uh, I think Kyler Murray's trending up, but I put him maybe on the level, maybe just a little bit below. For me, a 30 year old Derek Carr is kind of the standard bearer for asking yourself, do we have a, a franchise quarterback Cor- or Bingo. not? Bingo. Yeah. See, I knew that that's a good point that it's the for uh, for a black people. It used to be the you know, if you're darker than a paper bag, then you're then you're black. If you are above or below Derek Carr, that's how you know if you're a good quarterback or not. <laughs> what, a, what a direction to take this. Uh, we're going to get into one, one drop rules and all sorts of yep. uh, controversial stuff. So uh, I, I do have a question for you. OK, so D- Denver looks like they're in a, in a pretty good place, especially knowing that they need it because they're in the AFC West. Seattle, are they are we just saying they're screwed next year? Yeah, because yeah. They're, they're they're toast, bro. There's nothing there is nothing that this team can do aside from. uh well, uh, I, I guess the oh well, actually, I will I will ask you this question because if you're okay. Seattle, there are yeah. five quarterbacks that that you could get right that you can get legitimately can get. Which one would you take if you're Seattle? Because I know who I am. If you can get Jameis Winston and his healthy leg, okay, Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Jordan Love, or Carson Wentz, who are you taking? Because all of those are available and not for very much. And you still have plenty, especially since you just drafted. I'm sorry, since you just made the trade for Russell Wilson. You got all these picks and you know that you haven't been successful drafting in, in the past. Yeah, I'm intrigued by. And now you said Jordan Love. So you're throwing in the possibility of currently unavailable contractually quarterbacks and so and, you know and you start Wentz to speculate and, and Wentz and Wentz and love which, yeah. which makes me want to speculate about Kirk Cousins which makes me want to speculate about Deshaun Watson who is who's Seattle Seahawks fans well, are, are well, most we will, we will find out real soon about him because the because <laughs> right. the grand jury is hearing talks right now but I I think the the two names that stand out the most to me um I, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is is uh, the answer for them. I think he'd be a stopgap solution. And if you're going to do a stopgap thing, you might as well go get Ryan Fitzpatrick since that's his deal. And he has to cover his bases as playing for all 32 uh, NFL teams. And I don't think he's played for Seattle yet, mm-hmm. but the not. two that are most, <laughs> the two that are most intriguing to me are Jameis Winston, uh, who I think personality wise would, would get along with Pete Carroll just fine. They have to make sure that he's able to, um, cut back on the on the turnovers, but with Russell Wilson in Seattle, they've that locker room has proven that they can handle a big personality, that they yep. can handle a character, and they might actually welcome uh, uh, Jameis's persona um, over what Russell Wilson was. They're the same guy. The they're table. both they're both a little corny, both a little bit corny, both a little bit. They're they're the same guy, except one guy's a Hall of Famer and one guy's not right now. The one one guy is hyper uh, religious. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think that uh, I, I do think that he'd fit there, but I like you believe that Marcus Mariota is ready for Boom. his second chance. Yes. I, I do. 
Yes. I think that he's ready. I think that he could have a Ryan Tannehill-like resurgence yep. in the right situation. Except now, is better. Seattle that situation? Except I don't better. know. Except better. You think so? Yes. Yes. Ryan Tannehill's 2020 was very good. Yeah, yeah, it was. But 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 we're going to put together more than one 2020. Put together about five of them. A couple Pro Bowls. Maybe even in um, – no, never mind. That's a little too far. <laughs> so you you've sort of been an on background Seahawks fan for the last ten years because yeah. you're a big Russell Wilson guy, yeah, 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 right? So so will that just make the transition easy for you if they bring in Mariota? Oh, very easy, very easy. I'm 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 actually out on Seattle right now, out one hundred percent out, one hundred percent out. But but they can get you back. Yeah. Yeah, anybody who has Marcus Mariota except the Raiders because they because they weren't playing him and just using him in some like some wildcat packages. So I was off the Raiders completely. And but okay. as soon as he's back in that lineup, that's where I'm at, baby. That's where I'm at. Him and him and Herbert. Um, all right. Um, are you worried that? Are you worried? Are you worried that uh, that there's that maybe Tampa will try to get Mariota? Guess where I go. Oh, you fo- you're following wherever he goes. Yes, that would. That, okay, t- Tampa's actually optimal. They got wide receivers. They got defense. They uh, that's where I actually want them. Ooh, success, success, success. <laughs> okay, so none of that, none of that time with the Seahawks rubbed off on you. You don't want to see them thrive. Only if they go with your guy. Why do? I, no, I have no allegiance to them. I'm a mercenary okay. for players that I like. Where wherever Pharaoh Brown goes, that's who I cheer for too. He's gonna get paid. <laughs> yeah. Who? Who? Where, where? Wherever my little bro goes, that's who I'm with. So I was with Houston this year, out on it, out on Houston. Even though some some of their games were brutal to watch, bro. Like I, there there were a couple times he called me after he was like, "Yo, did you see the the, the, the fourth quarter?" I was like, "No, <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. It, it, it was <laughs> it, it literally was frying my brain to watch, and there were other oh, good good football games. I'm sorry, bro." Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Calvin Ridley, $1,500, lost $10 million. Bet $1,500, lose $10 million. And this was a crazy situation because he was already on break from the team last year for a mental health time off on the non-football injury list. I don't know if the Falcons were paying him or not, but they did not have to right now. I am of the opinion that he did something wrong. There should be a punishment because it is against the rules, but this is like flagrant one flagrant two, common foul. This is, and anytime you bet on sports, it anytime you bet on the sport that you play in, you it is a flagrant foul. That and some of the there's flagrant foul one, flagrant foul two, common fouls, and then there are suspension worthy things. He this is a flagrant two, get kicked out of the game. This is not a you know a suspension ban worthy like long term. Because he bet on his team to win. They asked him, um, he the league said he did not use any proprietary information. 
it feels very hypocritical. And I understand that the league wants the integrity of the game, that they want to make sure that fans believe that the game is true, that there's no impropriety. I understand all of that. But the league literally is in bed with gambling sites, with Vegas, with all of this. Mm-hmm. I just don't under it, it just feels like a do as I say, don't don't do as I do sort of sort of situation. He should be. I would reduce his suspension to nine games because I want to deter people from possibly doing this. But then the idea that like he could have been some way influenced or something like like that, which is what they're trying to keep out with a fifteen hundred dollar bet. No, he's making ten million dollars. Like how much would a bookie have to give him to to throw a game? He's making ten million. Like that. it. So, yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. So what he used DraftKings, right? He used DraftKings in Florida. The mobile app. Right. He did not do anything illegal. Correct. He did something uh, essentially against the collective bargaining agreement and something that if you grow up a sports fan, you know, to be um, like the all time. No, no. Yeah. Right. I got I don't know if you see the red book right there. Yeah. My head. Oh, that's a good point right there, buddy. That that book is um, My Prison Without Bars, written by Pete Rose. <laughs> and, he should be uh, in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Right, right. So he is Shosh- a not-so-veiled metaphor. Yeah, but his not-so-veiled metaphor for not being allowed to be in the Hall of Fame. He wrote a book called My Prison Without Bars. Um, and, and that just kind of serves as a reminder that, that this is what is considered to be the all-time sin. You know, nobody wants to be... Um, nobody wants to be considered uh, having fixed games or no league wants to consider or wants the idea that uh, matches have been fixed. It's part of the reason why uh, there's a million reasons why, but there's a part, it's part of the reason why boxing has died out as one of the top five most popular uh, American sports is because it's just too hard to be able to figure out if somebody was in some way, on the take, right? Yep. Um, it, it's somehow MMA has managed to skirt the line of primarily being held in Las Vegas, primarily being driven by interest in uh, gambling outside of just the whole like blood sport aspect of it. And, and they have not had as much of, of, uh, of, of this type of issue. The NFL is going into that land with you know, the UFC, you know, where they got a team in Vegas. Now um, they're partnered with all of the different gambling apps. I'll tell you right now, I know of NCAA football players who, if they, if they are reading this story, they find out that it was actually DraftKings that reported Calvin Ridley that, you know, they're going to be deleting their accounts real quick because the NFL having this agreement with DraftKings to, to report things up the line is the only way that Calvin Ridley got caught. I've seen some takes that say the NFL should allow if they're going to promote gambling, they should allow their players to participate so long as they bet on their own team to win. I'm telling you right now, no, no, no. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't want to be dismissive or rude. A- absolutely not. Like gambling is, is a fun thing to it help. It's like keep owning a casino. Dude. A it is like owning a casino. You can't gamble in your own casino. I don't even know if you right. can gamble in uh, you. I think you may be able to gamble in other people's casinos, but you can't gamble in your own casino. 
The NFL's partnered with a bunch of different like uh, alcohol sponsors, and they don't want you drunk during the game <laughs> if you're playing. This is very true. right. You can't you, you. I know that people want to make it about fairness. I know that people want to always tie things back to Ray Rice and and you know does the NFL actually care about domestic abuse? Like this has nothing to do with the NFL. This is the credibility of a league is that the the outcomes are based on. Uh, a random set of circumstances mixed with skill. Yep. That's it. That is your entire credibility as a league. So you have to be protective against that is $11 million and one year suspension too much. I given the circumstances, I absolutely believe so. I hope that he appeals it. it, it to me, something would sufficient would be four games, a quarter of his salary because it need it still needs to be like yeah. a massive warning shot, but this is, this is too much, especially given the context of the situation that we know. But anybody out there saying that players compare- should be allowed to gamble? No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm never hundred percent agree with that. But 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 how about the comparisons that people have made? Like you gave Ray Rice two games initially. You have the, the, yeah. the Flake Gate hit you for hit you for four games. You you have all of these domestic situations. Uh, Greg Greg Hardy, all of this. And this is what you come up with, like, like, like that. Right. This, this is almost like where, like, you would get, you know, uh, a, you know, a ten-year sentence, well, a one-year sentence for somebody getting caught with cocaine, and then a ten-year sentence for somebody getting caught with crack. It's literally the same thing. You add some baking soda and some water, and and it's just now all of a sudden it's a ten-year crime. But my question right. into you, this Ralph. Now, if they are are stringing Calvin Ridley up like this, yeah. what should be done if they find out that Stephen Ross uh, was paying, was trying to pay his coach in Brian Flores a hundred thousand dollars to lose games? What should be done? To You're him? saying if Calvin Ridley's current punishment stands, yes, what should be done to Steve Dunzo? forced to sell immediately immediately if calvin ridley's punishment stands one year 11 million dollars then and you have an owner paying forced to sell and not even you don't even get control of the sale that is like the team in the soccer team in mexico you got to revert it to the old owner or revert it to an arbitrator's hands who then adjudicates the sale because you don't have any say so on who gets it, who doesn't get it, any of that. Yeah. You're done, homie. Period. And I would advise anybody who's following this story, don't fall into the maze and trap of fairness and equity and whether or not this makes sense. The only lens you need to view this from is what is the NFL willing to do to protect the shield? Because we know that having people accused of criminal acts on the team does not affect the box office draw. No. It's an annoyance, but it does not affect the box office draw. The one thing that will affect the box office draw is if people believe the F word fixed. Yep. If people believe that games are fixed, they will not continue to support that sport. Correct. They won't bet on it. They won't watch it as much. Everything will fall apart. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Now, speaking of falling apart, Russell Westbrook, who is one of the all-time 50 greatest players in the NBA history. I'm sorry, 75 greatest players in the NBA's history. All-time triple-double leader. He's playing very poorly at this point in time in his career. Yeah, I think that is mental. That it's mental. He came back to L.A. and was like, yo, I'm ready to go. I finally get a chance to play at home in front of the fans, the family. Like, this is what I've wanted my whole career. I was a no-star guy. I ended up at UCLA only by by complete uh, accident because they they had a guy leave early. I was a late signee. All this stuff, right? Yeah. And then he ends up. Now you have people calling him West Brick and kind of, you know, making jokes about his name. And he yeah. had in the press conference, he was like, yo, I don't appreciate this in any way. It's not OK. It's affecting. I mean, his wife ended up blocking us. Well, saying something to Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless then blocked his wife, which is super soft. Good God. Is there anything softer than that? He sits up on TV, talks trash about people all day, all day about their jeans, about their clutch jeans. And this guy just doesn't have it. And all, all about them, not even about their actual play, but about them as their character as individuals. His wife says something in response and you block her. Bro, that's that is that is oh, that is weak sauce, bro. Absolute weak sauce. It, it's just like him getting mad at Jenny Taft. Because she didn't want him calling uh what 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 coach was that fat? Mike Mike McCarthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah where Yeah, so listen, I, I I just don't like it. And as far as Russell Westbrook goes, like people don't understand that people's families and kids, that these are still human beings. Because right. because people's response is, well, if you pay me $44 million, you can say whatever. That's not how it works, man. That's not how it works. Because as soon as your wife starts crying about this or being upset, it's going to upset you. It's going to, Because it creates a disruption in your house. Even if you didn't think it was that big of a deal, it's creating a disruption. As soon as your kids yeah. are being harassed at school, that's an issue. Like, you're not going to be, and then they're like, he's being a, listen, listen, I would just tell tell my kids it's no big deal. Try try telling your kids that it's no big deal when people at school are like, your dad sucks. I wish your dad never came to the Lakers. This and it, the whispers, all of that. Seeing it on the internet. Tell tell yeah. t- tell me how you how you work that out, buddy. It, you and I have talked about Russell Westbrook on this show a few times. Um, a lot of the theme of it is that not enough respect is put on his name for what he's accomplished as an individual, right? Like most basketball historians, students of the game, lifelong fans look at a guy like Oscar Robertson and they say, that's a top 10 player, if not top 15. I know some people who believe he's top five. Yep. Right. And they do so because nobody had done what Oscar Robertson had done up to that point in his career. What not a lot of people talk about is the fact that I don't think he won all that much. No, nope. But we, we have so much distance from that. 
it, I'm, I just turned 38. You're a couple years older than me, right? Like we, when I started watching basketball, George, Dan Issel, Dan Issel, former Denver Nuggets coach, Dan Issel was the number five all-time leading scorer. Number five. He's okay. 12 now. 12. We've seen a lot of incredible basketball over the last 25 years. Over the last 25 years, there is nobody that has done what Russell Westbrook has done on an individual level. The next closest guy to him is LeBron. Yes. Like Russell Westbrook is a seven inch shorter version of what we were promised Grant Hill would be before all the injuries. Mm. He could do a little bit of everything. And on certain nights, he could do it on, on an extremely elite yeah, but level. People would be like, Oh, he's, a, he just, Oh, he just pads his stats. What do it? I, I don't understand. So, so, so you, they're, they're like, he's going for every rebound. Okay. I mean, didn't didn't Dan. you get mad? Did, weren't 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 people like, oh, if getting ten if getting ten rebounds a game was so damn easy, why couldn't Roy Roy Hibbert do it? He was seven feet tall. Right. Why can't yeah. you know uh you know De- DeAndre Jordan grab ten rebounds a game anymore? It ain't as easy as you think it is. Why can't Chris Stepp Porzingis do it? Why can't Julius Randle, like, why can't these dudes grab 10 rebounds a game? Because it's hard. Right. And then to be able to what? score points at that level, too, bro, it's it's insanity. Like, that. that well, like, they, imagine, like, you're not controlling whether other people's shots go in. Yes. Russell Westbrook is among active NBA players. Among active NBA players. He is fifth in points scored. He is third in rebounds. And he, no, he's third in assists and 11th in rebounds. And the 11th in rebounds among active players, you have to understand the top 19 are all forwards or yes. centers. Yeah. Dude. Like Rudy Gay is right there at, at 20. He's the only other guard. Bro, so that- I, I don't, I, do more people need to put respect on Russell Westbrook's name? Sure. Do people who go to games need to be the ones to like to conduct themselves better always. And we've had this conversation about Russell Westbrook's a lot, Like people feel like they can say whatever they want to him. Um, online is online. You're not going to be able to control what is said online. But as far as people who cover the game and people who go out and go to the games last night, we just saw somebody kicked out for, for uh, calling Deandre eight a bum. And then JaVale McGee, uh, almost got in their face, and and these were two giant dudes that were walked away from from courtside. Yep. I think people people need to have a little bit more respect for who these people are as human beings, regardless. And I've seen a lot of takes saying that you should just have thicker skin as an NBA player, but like your skin can only be so thick. Yeah, you you don't most get to people just say what, whatever. You can cheer, you can boo, you can say you suck, you can do all of those things, especially in crucial moments. But when it's just like, like at some point in time, these people are human beings, especially when it starts impacting their families. Because firsthand, because I don't know if I could deal with my kid dealing with the stuff that like LeBron's kids deal deal with. Mm -hmm. I see this firsthand all the time where people treat Bronny 
in particular, and even Bryce, who are in the 11th and eighth, 11th and 9th grade. Dude, if somebody crosses over, they don't, they don't fall down. Or if anybody crosses over and makes a layup like a normal, regular basketball play, nothing fancy, nobody fell. It wasn't a, you know, like nothing silly. Just a normal, routine, standard issue basketball play. People falling all out in the stands. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He shoots a ball. If he misses, overrated. Like, bro, he's not even the best player on the team. Like, why are you heckling? And he's, this has been happening to him since he was in that seventh, eighth grade. Right. And sometimes you don't get a choice. Bronny was mentioned by Charles Barkley by name on their broadcast earlier yes. this week, saying that Bronny would start for the Lakers. So, like, yeah, it, it I understand. I understand what you're saying because you have to put yourself in the situation of like, oh man, people are going to be talking about my kid, you know, and are do they have the possibility of maybe doing um, to my kid what is happening to Russell Westbrook right Ooh. now with like changing his last name to Westbrook? Well, here's the thing, George. You actually have a podcast that we're on right now called Reister or Wrong, there's a pretty good chance that with even the name of your own podcast, you're going to have people call you wrongster, right? And oh, then are, that, and, that regularly happens. But that's okay. Like that level of it does not bother me. So but you're not but so what you're saying is you wouldn't you wouldn't make a video saying like a Reister is also my my children's last name and I can't let you I can't I can't let you disparage my last name knowing that my kids need to have pride in it. Would you ever would, would you ever do something like that? Obviously, because Russell Westbrook because, gets a lot more when, blowback than you or I. Oh, 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 for sure. But when people say wrongster, it's usually as related to a specific take. You hear me? Like like to a specific take. Right. Well, and with and, Russell Westbrook, they're usually talking about a specific Westbrook. <laughs> and and I'm a believer that, see, I think that this is affecting Russell Westbrook more because it's affecting his family and his kids. I think I would feel differently if it were affecting my family and my kids. Because when people call me wrongster, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I mean, it doesn't. But and and like he said, it didn't bother him until it started impacting his family. Yeah. So, you know. That at the point in time where somebody asks you because it's impacting their their family, at that point in time, you should you should probably stop. Um, all right. Well, and here's a, the funny thing is, this is like the seventh time in the last ten years that he shot around forty three percent. Yeah, yeah. So this so is it's not, not new. I, people are treating it like it's a new thing. Like he's, he's actually shooting less. Yes, he's handling the ball less. You have to make certain sacrifices to your game. Because you also have somebody who plays similarly to you and matters more than you on this roster. LeBron James. All right. Right. Uh, we have Ryan Coogler, director of the Black Panther and Wakanda Forever now. He, he had, they're out in Atlanta filming a movie. He goes to the bank, writes a note, slips it to the teller. It's like, I would like to withdraw $12,000 from my, the word my, checking account. Please do the money counter somewhere else as I would like to do it di discreetly. Because he doesn't want people seeing, and, and he's got a, a mask and a beanie on. 
He doesn't want, and he's very recognizable. So he's trying to go to the bank discreetly. First thing, right? That's part of yeah. the reason why he has a mask, some glasses, and a hat on. Because he doesn't want people to know that it's Ryan Coogler going to the bank. And then also, there have been like brazen robberies all over the place. As it Yeah, so there's been brazen robberies all over the place. And he doesn't want to be a part of that. So is this racist? It was a black lady at the teller. I mean, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> I I don't know if it's racist, but I do wonder if <laughs> I mean, he did say my account. Like, did she not check his account before calling the police? And like, and like could, check his ID. It, like my it, my thought would have been if you pass me a note that says out of my checking account, please do it di- di- discreetly. OK, you put your card in because I know how it works at Bank of America. You put your card in, type in your yeah. pen. They pull up your information. If she really wanted to, she could she'd be like, yo, can I see your ID? Oh, I got no problem now. So. <laughs> I. The whole situation just so dumb. It, Ryan Coogler said this never should have happened, but Bank of America has um, redeemed themselves to his satisfaction. He said, Bank of America worked with me That's and addressed all that matters. It to my satisfaction, and we have moved on. That is all that matters. But this, I want to know. I want to know if that means that this woman is in training or lost her job or what listen I, listen it, what, it whatever like they did was taking this in a okay. direction that i'm not comfortable with so so you have to think about what they did it to his satisfaction means right because yeah. first of all you have to assume that if this happened to a regular person this would already be a big deal and the bank would have to make some sort of you know amends right now, what type of amends do you have to make for Ryan Coogler? Because he's super famous, super rich. <laughs> right. I think he should get to rob a bank. <laughs> oh, dude, you brought a story I, to me about these dudes in Florida. Tell me, tell me about this dude in Florida, please. Oh, my I, God. I will, I will. But first, I will say that, like, if you've been accused of robbing a bank and you didn't rob a bank, you should get one free bank robbery punch card. If like, you were don't, accused don't, of robbing a bank. Yes. yes. But, dude, no way, because people can get shot or killed or, or you in the process of a robbery. Like, it can have far-reaching effects. No. But you, you should be able to use it like a... You should be able to use it like you'd use like a free Chick-fil-A for life card or something like that. You come in... You present the card, one free bank robbery, and they just have to give you whatever is in the till right then and there because of double okay. jeopardy style. They've accused you of a crime that, that you, you did commit. commit. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm OK with that. Just as long as you but, don't get to bring away. <laughs> so this story out of Florida, uh, a guy just got sentenced to three years in jail. He was um, he was a lawyer at a prominent firm, uh, 40 years old, white guy in Florida. And he was in dire straits during the middle part of the pandemic. And he started attempting to rob banks. Florida man. He, he and this is this is a lawyer. And he attempted to rob five banks. How, if you <laughs> here we go. If you, George Reister, robbed five banks, robbed five banks, 
what is the least amount of money that you would expect to either get away with or be worth your time robbing those banks, five different banks. Minimum, minimum, minimum. Yeah. 50 mil minimum, $50 million minimum. Because what do you I'm think not that they walking just have into the stacks bank. and stacks? No, 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 dude. Because if I rob a bank, it is going to be like, like Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven stuff, bro. I, I'm not, I'm not going to jail for fucking robbing in over over a thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks. No way, no how. I am full armed. Like I'm gonna need special gadgets and gadgets. I'm going in at night, or like this is gonna be some clandestine, no guns needed. I'm robbing the art gallery when nobody's there. Like that's that's the type of thief that I would be. Okay. You don't you don't have to uh worry if George is going to strong arm you. That ain't happening. Okay. So, uh this ex-Florida lawyer, his name is Aaron Patrick Honaker. He that's attempted to name. rob it is. It is. He attempted to rob five different banks in Coral Gables um in like the Miami-Dade County area. That ain't exactly like the nicest area. That, that ain't the spot to be robbing banks, but okay. He got 40 months in prison because he got caught. He made away with $1,850 and in three of the robberies came up with nothing. He averaged less than $400 per robbery. That's less than a biddable hour. So if you are going, if you go to rob a bank and you come up blank the first time, right? Yeah. Then I'm not robbing another bank. But then the second time, if you're like, okay, I got, I fixed my mistakes. You come up with, what, what did he come up with the second time? A thousand bucks? The second time he got a thousand fifty dollars. Yeah. Robbery's over. I suck at this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, There's going to be he, no third, fourth, and fifth time. That actually shit. There wouldn't have been a first time. It damn sure wouldn't have been a second time. And it for sure, for sure, wouldn't have been a third time. I think I have a problem with people calling him a bank robber. Because mm, he's not. He's right. What do, you, what do you call him? I don't know. But do you know how there's guys, uh, you know, a lot of them, you know how there's guys who have like a cup of coffee in an NFL training camp or their practice squad tackling dummy. And then for the rest of their life, they train kids and say like they're in the NFL. Mm, I know a dude like that. It does kind of bug me a little bit. Okay, okay. So you think so, the real bank bank robbers are like we're not acknowledging him? Well, I just, I yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I think that I think that uh, Danny Ocean isn't going to bring him on for Ocean's Fourteen. <laughs> the the Coral Gables attorney. He's going to be the dude that they set up, and they're going to be like, then the police can be like, "There's no way he could have done this," but looks like he did. <laughs> All right. Anyway, shout out to Aaron Patrick Honaker. Um, enjoy your time in prison. Wow. Enjoy your time. You are an asshole. Um, what, you want him to have a bad time? You're the asshole. Damn, that sounds bad, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Reiser Rogue for the day. I'm George Reiser. He's Ralph Hampton. Peace out. Catch you guys later.